following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster. Welcome in. It is a cold Tuesday in Nashville. Coldest day of the fall so far, but that doesn't mean we don't have some stuff to heat it all up. A lot of good football talk. Tony Basilio will join us at 420. Those of you who have not heard him before, a longtime Knoxville sports talk show host who is on with us each and every Tuesday. We'll get into a lot of NFL news during the 5 o'clock hour. Let's call roll right off the bat and first say hello to Coach Watson Brown, who's up on the plateau. Watson, a little windy up there, isn't it? A little chilly today, George. Got the fire on sitting next to the fire here, so that's why I don't have a jacket on and you guys have got a jacket on. Yeah. I'm nice, warm, and cozy. Well, isn't that special? Isn't that special? It really is. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, anytime. Billy, how are you today? George, I'm great. Uh, it, it's not It's not like it's freezing in here or anything. I just... No, I don't uh, mean in here. I mean, when you go outside, there's a wind chill with a high of only about 50. Yeah, I mean, you... you so you, it feels cold. Yeah, you, you wake up, you want to you want to feel warm in here, and, and we definitely do. We don't have a fire like Watson does, but no. But I mean, let's face it: you, you to get that kind of deal, <laughs> you've got to have made a lot of money. Yeah, boy, it's, and, and fireplace is really expensive, worth millions. You look at the millions that these coaches make. I mean, it's a wonder he even speaks to us. <laughs> you see the wrinkles on my face and the color of my hair. Oh, that's I boring. didn't make those millions. Those millions weren't around when I was rolling. So that's max oh. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, not mine. Okay. Hold on to your bitterness there for a minute. Let's say hello to Terry McCormick, who joins us with his daily Titans update. And I don't blame you for wearing the hat. The Yanks are up four nothing in this fifth and deciding game. John Carlos Stanton, three-run homer for New York. Aaron Judge, a solo shot. It looks like, Terry, there's going to be a lot of this starting tomorrow night. <laughs> trash can banging. A lot of trash can stuff, absolutely. Uh, the only thing I, only complaint I have is we seem to have this amazing inability to catch a pop-up to left field. It's um, uh Aaron Hicks just hurt himself trying to catch it as he ran into the shortstop. I'm watching that. But other okay, than that, cut, I'm happy. 
Got a lot of issues to get to. Let's start with why has Jeremy Fowler rumored Austin Hooper to be traded at the November 1 deadline? Well, a lot of times at the at the deadline, a lot of these national guys will just throw stuff out there and see what sticks. Now, do I think the Titans would get rid of Austin Hooper? Yeah, I think if they found the right match, they would send him on his way. He's had a very small role in the offense. I think he's only been targeted like 11 times and has, I think, six catches for 55 yards. So his contributions have not been very good or, or very much uh, here through the first uh, part of the season. But a lot of times, you know, these guys just throw rumors out there to kind of see what sticks and what doesn't. Well, the, the reason to bring it up, Terry, is he has been a very productive NFL player in the past. And so I hesitate to put this on the player. I, I wonder if this is more either the Titans don't know how to use him. I mean, I, I'm I'm hard-pressed to believe it's not like he's 37 years old. So what gives here? It's an interesting question. A lot of people have thought that Austin Hooper would come in here and be that security blanket that uh, Ryan Tannehill really didn't have last year. Kind of had it a couple of years ago with Anthony Ferkser and Johnny Smith. But uh, last year didn't, you know, Ferkser had a down year and nobody else really stepped up. A lot of people thought that Hooper would be the guy that would step into that role, but just hasn't happened so far. And I think, uh, you know, if the Titans were to move on from him, the good news is they don't owe him a whole lot of money because I think most of his money was wrapped up in a signing bonus. So they would only owe him base pay since he was on a one-year deal. Josh Gordon is gone. I don't guess there's any big surprise there. No, they really didn't use him very much, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall last week when they needed a wide receiver. They chose to elevate Des Fitzpatrick from the practice squad for that ball game. They had used Josh Gordon twice before in that role, and he rarely, he barely played in the two games that he was up. One of those was where he did get some time was in mop-up duty against the Bills when they were getting blown out up there. Uh, I think the fact that Josh Gordon – uh, when he was up, was about a fifth receiver and did not play any special teams and certainly, you know, wasn't even targeted very much uh, on throws by the quarterbacks. I think, you know, when you look at it, the writing was kind of on the wall there. Terry, in the postmortems of what went on yesterday with the announcement of the Dome Stadium, I think we were all a little surprised by the whole fifty-five to 60,000 capacity but isn't this really the titans saying it's a soft market we're not selling tickets and the only time they ever sell out anymore is when the visiting team brings a big chunk of fans yeah i mean there's probably some of that i don't think they would ever admit to that but it doesn't sell out like it used to i think you know when you when you talk about NFL viewing today, it's not like it was when Nissan Stadium was built and it was built for 68, 69,000. A lot of people today are, you know, content to not fight the parking, not fight the crowds, not, you know, not pay $10 for a hot dog and Coke and sit home and watch it on a 60 inch TV. So I think when you factor that in, all those things in, a smaller stadium probably does make a little bit more sense. Terry, good luck to the Yankees. It sure looks like they're moving on. All right. Thanks, George.
Terry McCormick, he starts out our show every day during football season with his daily Titans update. Yes, he does. That was the daily Titans update brought to you by the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners, as well as Sumner Funeral and Cremation. The Justin Tucker team, they are trusted to be trusted. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. You can call them at 615-906-8458. Also, Sumner Funeral and Cremation, they are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and also online at SumnerFuneral.com. Sumner Funeral and Cremation, traditional, affordable, and dignified. All right, we start the update today with the Nashville Predators tonight. The LA Kings are in town. 8.30 p.m. puck drop tonight on Which, ESPN. Let me say this is absurd. This is not the Predators' fault. This is an NHL deal. They need to realize Nashville's in the central time zone, way more toward the east than the west. 8.30 is absurd. Why is it that late? Well, it's to fit ESPN programming so they can show a 6 o'clock East game and act like we're on the West Coast. You know, apparently we're just bordering San Francisco. <laughs> you look like you're heading out to Bridgestone tonight, George. I am, but I don't like this. And I don't, again, this is not the Predators' fault. This is what the league has done. Either way, uh, they have laid an egg two games in a row against Dallas. There better be something better tonight against the Kings. Yeah, the Kings are playing their second of a back-to-back -back and a fourth game in six nights. So maybe the Preds can take advantage of that, kind of a gassed Kings team. So we'll see tonight, 8.30 tonight over at Bridgestone. George, college football numbers. The Tennessee-Bama game drew a 25-8 rating. Locally, that's larger than any of the CBS Titans games this season, and it turned out to be the most-watched college football game this season and the most-watched third Saturday in October on record. They drew a six rating nationally. Average audiences of 11.6 million viewers. So not yeah. surprised by those numbers, but those are huge numbers. Watson, in the, uh, in the Nashville deal, that means that 275,000 television sets were on channel five locally yeah there wasn't any doubt i mean it was it was so far the game of the year going in it was the best game of the year and then when they started watching it they couldn't leave it yeah you had to sit there and watch the whole game uh so i i don't know if there will be one bigger uh i guess if if they make it to georgia if they get by kentucky and make it to georgia that one might pull the same kind of numbers. Uh, but I don't know that any game the rest of the season will match that in the SEC. Uh, here, here's an easy way to start a rumor. Tennessee, Georgia will be 230 on CBS. Oh, good. Ooh. Good job, That's George. an obvious strikes again. Yeah. So well, I, I wonder if they flex that to a night game because they, they have done that before for CBS games, big games like that. So that, that could oh. be an option. Who knows? Captain Obvious may be wrong. Well, we do know it's going to be on CBS. Yeah. <laughs> that we know. Yeah, that one exact, isn't going to be. The exact eight. window, maybe not, but that we know. And, George, that, they keep putting it all the way to 830. I mean, you got problems tonight. You're going to have to leave at 10. It's your bedtime. No, I don't, no, I don't have to leave, Watson. Well, yeah, you kind of do. I mean, you may fall asleep in the car going no, home or something. That, that is absolutely not true. 
I mean, it's that's late for you, okay. man. No, it's not. It is absolutely not. I'm refuting this load of bull you're trying to put out there. Carry on, Billy. Here we go. We roll through. Uh, George, the Dan Snyder stuff continues. Uh, in a letter to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell on Tuesday, an attorney for four dozen former commander's employees raised serious concern that the NFL violated a very specific promise of confidentiality that was made to uh, her clients before they testified to investigators about Dan Snyder and the team's toxic workplace culture. So Lisa Banks, that's the lawyer. She's worried that Dan Snyder got client names via the NFL's probe. Well, Watson, let me say this. I wouldn't trust Roger Goodell as far as I could throw him. I'm not sure I can trust anybody in this deal. Sure. I mean, we said it the other day when all this broke and Snyder's threatening everybody. And I mean, it's got gangster looks to it, George. It I does. mean, mafia looks. I mean, yeah. It, it was ugly Monday. It's ugly today or whenever we talked about it first. I can't remember, but it it's a sad look for the NFL, man. Do I rule out that Goodell has been involved in some of this stuff? I don't know how you can rule it out uh, given, given some of the shaky stuff that's going on. He is going to end up, before it's over, both of them are going to end up having to testify in some sort of court hearing, and that may not be pretty. Well, the the Gruden deal may get them where right. they got to testify, and then if if they run Snyder out, I'll promise you they'll have to testify because yes. he's got enough money to come after all of them. And then, George, they were all right in the middle of that St. Louis deal that we've had on the air a bunch of times. It's and, just, in they, fact, they, we've got a story today on mm-hmm. it. So, Go ahead and do that story. Well, perfect transition there from Watson. Uh, according to sources, owners are going to okay Stan Kroenke's $571 million repayment to the NFL. Uh, so they are expected to approve a resolution that will have Kroenke reimbursing the league for over $570 million that was paid to St. Louis over their relocation to L.A. So, I mean... <laughs> And then wouldn't want to be Roger Goodell right now. And then as of four minutes ago, the athletic is tweeting out that Indianapolis Colts owner, Jim Ursay says that quote, serious consideration has to be given to ousting commander's owner, Daniel Snyder. You think (laughs) what took everybody so long? Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. So. If you're watching it live right now, if you're watching this live, Yankees lead Cleveland four to one. They're in the bottom of the third at Yankee Stadium. This is the fifth and deciding game, the winner to get the Astros. And so we'll keep you updated on that. After the break, it's Tennessee Tuesday with Tony Basilio, mm. Knoxville based sports talk show host. That alone today ought to have them. Out coming out of the woodwork in droves. This is going to be fun, so stick around. This is Main Street Media Television.
Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. going to have some fun with this today. Let's head up to Knoxville and say hello to longtime Knoxville sports talk show host, Tony Basilio. He's heard that song before, perhaps. A time, a time or like a thousand in, in the yeah. last uh, couple of days. But George, great afternoon to you. Looking great in your Pred stuff, man. It is hockey season, brother. It is hockey it season. It is. 
Come on down sometime. I'll take you to a game. I'd love it, man. I'm serious. I'd love it. So before you and Watson get to X's and O's, what were the final few minutes like Saturday, and what was it like afterwards? Man, I'll tell you, I knew this place when it came back to life was going to be a special thing because it's been so long. But the sights and sounds that came out of that, when that ball that was tipped, by the way, at the line of scrimmage just kind of knuckled through. Um, I have a lot of old-timers. People have been going to games 50, 60 years, you know, tell me they've never seen anything like that scene. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people made their way down onto the field. I had a player on the show with me today, and, and Watson will appreciate this. He said it was a good 35 minutes before he got to the locker room. And basically, Josh Heupel told those kids, when we win, take your time. Enjoy this. You guys have worked hard for this. And those guys were out there enjoying the the, the scene uh, with the fans. And there were thousands of people on the field. I mean, thousands. And uh, it was a pretty peaceful thing. You know, it was. Um... And then people on my postgame show, you know, we were on for seven hours. <laughs> and, and, and guys, I'm telling you, I mean, we were, we were on stuff. People were crying. People were calling in, talking about, you know, thinking back to when my dad first took me to a game or my grandfather's not here to enjoy this. And um, almost the, the Cubs like World that, Series feel. Y- y- yeah. Well, almost a almost a winning the world series feel yeah or winning the super bowl you know my, my father passed away the other the eagles won the super bowl and he was 92 and i cried for him so i can kind of relate to uh these fans you know that just get real sentimental they, they got way up in their fields though i mean i had people crying yesterday on my show over this thing and that's never happened that has never happened and the tradition with the um smoking a cigar after the game man these people listen to watson brown because they believed everybody had a cigar on them watson everybody these people <laughs> hadn't beaten alabama since the uh, iphone was invented and everybody had a cigar on them watson they believed they saw what you saw <laughs> oh man look at that look at that view right oh, there guys. God. we've got guys. great yeah we got some great pictures yeah. tell me Again, before I turn it to Watson, how many people does the University of Tennessee believe were outside, not able to get in, but watching it outside of Neyland Stadium? Well, there's a there's a clip that I uh, tweeted or retweeted yesterday that that I I believe um, Austin Price over at VaQuest came up with it, found it somewhere. There were several thousand people at a watch party over there near the humanities building. They had set a little deal up there, and there were several thousand people there. So it's one of the toughest tickets in years, and a bunch of people couldn't get it, couldn't couldn't get into the game and went and did the next best thing and gathered. Well, I'll tell you, it's really just special. It's just a special time here. It's, um, I mean, this team's 6-0, and and I have no idea how they've done it, but uh, it's they've beaten Florida. I mean, they've won at LSU, and now they beat Alabama have an opportunity at Georgia here in about three weeks, couple and a half weeks. Incredible time here, guys. Incredible. It truly is. Watson, take it from there. Tony, do you, are you going to get any percentage off, 
off of all the cigars that were sold. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Somebody is making a killing around Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm telling you. Well, I'll tell you a story. I, I was at one of my sponsors today. They're helping me with, um, we're doing a benefit this week for the children of um, uh, charity here in town. They, they mentor children who have one or both parents incarcerated. So we're taking a hump, couple hundred kids to the football game uh, this weekend and giving them a great tailgate. So I was going around, I've been going around collecting things from different sponsors today. I went to Alumni Hall and Jeff Goodfriend, who their family's been around here a long time, he said they printed 3,000 game, game score shirts, okay? Game score with a little thing. He said, they're really not, he said, these things aren't really anything, you know, kind of to write home about. People bought them immediately online. <laughs> he said they never even made them to the stores, 3,000 of them. He said, I called my printer up. I said, can we print some more? And the printer said, I was up all night making those. I mean, what do you want me to do here? <laughs> and that's what we're dealing with. That's that's what we're dealing with right now. This place is like in a, in a just a frenzy. Love it. Tony, I said early in the week when when I kind of we had an analysis on, on uh, well, yesterday, I guess, right, George? It was. Yeah. Uh, about the game, and uh, my first comment was uh, Alabama got out coached big time in this game. I mean, big time. And um, uh, I've seen different quotes and comments from Coach Saban since, and we got to clean this up and this up and this up and say all you want. But uh, Tennessee made the right decisions throughout the game, and Alabama, and aggressive decisions, aggressive decisions. And Alabama went the other way. They were very conservative through this game. And uh, uh, the discipline that was shown by Tennessee to, to Alabama in the game, I said yesterday, Alabama's saying, well, we lost because of the penalties. Well, the penalties were caused by Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Tennessee was rushing the passer with five. Alabama wouldn't do it. They only rushed four. Tennessee kept coming after them and come, even give up a big play. But here they'd come again. Holding calls, holding calls, uh, just the pass interference. Uh, the quarterback stood back there for Tennessee the whole day, didn't get touched. And they're throwing it 20 and 30 yards down the field. And uh, they got to hold them because they, they couldn't cover them. And then then all those illegal procedure penalties came. That's that's the big orange crowd, 100%. The, 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 the Nayland Stadium crowd – Saturday had a lot to do with the win. I give it 10 points in, in, in the victory. So these these penalties, 17 of them, matter of fact, you and I text during the game about that. And the more I thought about it, I said, Tennessee caused these penalties. This wasn't undisciplined by Alabama. This is this is this is catching it on the chin a little bit and having to hold on for dear life. And how many times have they been in that position in the Saban era? <laughs> you know. Not because here's the thing. National this championship Bryce, games, usually, that's about it. Well, you warned me, and a couple other people warned me, this Bryce Young guy is unbelievable. Oh, he's – Like, there are there are good players, there are great players, and then there are these people that are just, you know, above that. And this guy was, like, genius level. Because he doesn't have the type of athletes around him on offense that Hendon Hooker does. But yet he's just making plays. And he's fitting balls in windows. 
and he's finding and he's just he's doing magical things out there, keeping plays alive. Like you were talking about the pressure Tennessee got on him and time after time after time he evaded rush, he evaded this, he evaded and it wasn't like um it wasn't like Tennessee was poor at the point of trying to get him on the ground. It was that they couldn't get a look at him. He was just so evasive. And sometimes you got to tip your cap to somebody. And, you know, even in victory, we were all pointing out that that's one of the great performances in the history of the stadium. That, that kid had one of the great performances in the history of the state. And Tennessee still beat him. And I agree with you, Watson. I think early in the game, when Nick Saban's deciding to kick field goals, he's playing 1990s football, man. Look, we're in a different age now. And I know those Bammers don't like hearing this, but your coach better adjust or this guy in Knoxville is going to run him over. Because if you get in these games and you kick field goals with Josh Heupel, he is going to run you right out of his building. And Alabama's very fortunate that didn't happen to them Saturday because it could have happened. It really could have happened. Well, the reason the reason that game stayed tight was one guy, and that, that's Bryce Young. Period. Yeah. He he was the absolute reason, and an unbelievable quarterback play. You take both those two kids, Hooker and Bryce Young. I don't know that I've watched a game where two quarterbacks could have played any better than those two did. I mean, I would have graded both of those ninety five percent, both of them in the game, and. And uh, it, the the aggression by Tennessee and rushing five guys to mm-hmm. Alabama not, which I don't understand why they didn't do that, mm-hmm. was to me the difference in the game. And and the other great thing Tennessee did that that I've thought about since they got they had to lead the whole game. So okay, we're ahead, we're ahead, we're ahead. Boom! All of a sudden you're behind on on the only bad play Tennessee had, and it's a play mm-hmm. they don't run very much. That was the only call I thought we're. Coach Hopple made a bad call. It was serious time of the game, and it's a play they don't run very often, and it's a replay between the quarterback and the back going sideways, and they just missed the read. The read was proper. He should have handed the ball off, but the tailback didn't take it. And so they go behind, but they immediately go right down the field and score. That was huge, in, in, in my opinion, to go right back down. Alabama didn't get to keep it long and the lead long, and Tennessee went right back down and scored. But what I say about aggression, Tony, take the last two series of the game. Alabama's down. Well, the game's tied. The game's tied. Alabama gets the ball four minutes to go in the game, three-something. They go down the field. They go down the field, and Tennessee just bringing five. They're pressure, pressure, pressure. They make a third down. They make another one. Tennessee did not back off, and the last three plays of the game for Alabama, pressure. They had people open, but he couldn't get them the ball. And I said to George on Monday, and I don't do this very often, but I I believe this one. Why in the world would Alabama not run the ball right in there to use Tennessee's last two timeouts? I agree with that. To where at least Tennessee don't get a shot at winning the game. Either win it yourself or take it to overtime. And they threw three straight times, and a great throw he made that the running back dropped the ball, and it was about knee level. But if he catches that now, he's going to run another 20. And then the last play, they've got a guy wide open crossing the field. He couldn't get on the ball because of the pressure. They pressured him, and they didn't back off. Then, Then Tennessee gets the ball, and Alabama backs up. No pressure. 
no pressure no whatsoever pressure. and lets them throw two 20-yard gains, yeah. which is hard to do in college football in today's world. Yes. So the difference in the game to me was aggression. Tennessee had it, never backed away from it, and for some reason Alabama did not – they could not get to the quarterback. George, I said this, didn't I? The, the, the unsung heroes of that football game is the Tennessee offensive line. Yep. Because Alabama against Texas A&M yeah. had people in the backfield with four rushers yeah. in the backfield the whole game. And against Tennessee, they couldn't get there. They could not get to the quarterback and yet didn't did not decide to go and bring an extra guy very often yeah. at all. So the Tennessee yeah. offensive line, to me, has really come of age. They're protecting right now a lot better than they did early in the year. Hey, guys, if Hyatt has burned me for 200 and 20 yards, whatever it was by this point, why am I not blitzing? Why am I not trying anything? I mean, you're going to throw a pass over my safeties anytime you want it. At one point, he had like three catches, 150 yards. Well, he and, then he caught another, and then he caught another one. It's like, what are, we, are you going to, do you guys want to give him 300 yards today? Like 400 yards? Because if you guys don't get pressure on the quarterback, we're, and I thought Tennessee went away from that. I would have keep throwing over their safeties. I mean, you got Tennessee show, got a little conservative the in the third quarter. Yeah, they, they got did. a little conservative, but they, they came hurt. right back to it again oh, as the game got tighter. Yeah, they yeah. attacked. And Saban, it's really weird. You know, that lack of aggression thing. You know, George, your Braves had that. It was um Oh yeah. You know, I was watching the Braves Phillies game and then that and, and and my mind was blown. I'm sitting there going, Okay, my sillies are getting ready to beat the Atlanta Braves, who they have no business being on the field with. I mean, they don't. the Phillies are not good defensively. The Phillies don't have a really good bullpen. Like, how is this happening? Well, they were just aggressive. I mean, they were just had aggressive at-bats. They were just aggressive. They played hungrier. And Tennessee turned right around and did the exact same thing. And then I watched Saban at the end in winning time. And, and Watson, you're so right. I mean, here they are, I mean, and this guy, look, this guy's a Hall of Fame first ballot and every Hall of Fame you can put him in. But, man, the way they managed the end of that game, offensively and defensively, was all-time bad. All, no offense to him. It was all-time bad. It was really strange. It was almost like the Phillies were supposed to win and the Vols were supposed to win. I mean, what other conclusion can you draw from that? By the way, the only place louder than Citizens Bank Park this weekend yeah. was your place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my son right. goes to Penn, you know. So so I did a nice father thing for him. I said, surprise, I'm buying you tickets today. I want you to go to that Phillies game. And so he says, well, you know, I want to watch the Vols. I said, you have a chance to go watch an elimination game in baseball and you're in the city? Go watch that game, and then when you come out in the second half, and that's what happened. You can go watch the uh, go watch the Tennessee game. Well, to make a long story short, he says to me the atmosphere at LSU was insane. He said, and then this thing in Philadelphia was incredible. But you know, the thing about it is, he tells me, he says, Dad, if I have my choice, I'd have rather been in Neyland Stadium. That's a kid that grew up here, and for kids his age. They've never seen Tennessee matter in football. Never. They've taken like 13 or 14 years off here. It's, I mean, how could you wreck Tennessee football like that? How could you do that? I don't know. They figured out a way. And this guy's come in here from the depths of despair. The program literally sitting there on the throes of the death penalty kind of deal when all those players left. 
four or five really good players left for Oklahoma. Henry T left. A couple other frontline starters got out of there. And this ragtag group of guys that were left with this coach and the transfer portal and a system. And I give Watson Brown a lot of credit because I thought he was nuts earlier in the year. He said, <laughs> he said, this guy's system, Tony, is so far ahead of college football. It's so far ahead of it. And you know, Watson, the question I have in Georgia is how long till people start copying this guy? I mean, surely that's right around the corner, right? I mean, this is the, this is the worst kept secret in college football now. But one thing, Watson, you say is if you're going to copy it, you got to do it as a lifestyle. You can't just go to the gym a couple times a week and play this offense. You've got to adopt it as a lifestyle. You've got to dive in at the deep end and, and, and sink or swim. That's kind of what you've told me. Is that, that's right, Watson, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, what they do is wishbony. It's empty sets that you have to have a complete package to run it. You can't just take pieces of it and do it. You can, and if it works, you'll call it again. But if somebody stops it, you don't, you got to have the whole package because they have to be able to run a lot of different patterns, Tony, with yeah. those big splits out there. Yeah. And they have to have ways to beat man, ways to beat zone, ways to beat single safety high, ways to beat double safety high. There's, there's a, it's a full package. Tennessee's like everybody else on third and long, but in those, that's right. the change, which they yeah. stayed the other day, that's a different package. And it makes everybody simplify number one, and it makes everybody near play in some form of man-to-man, Alabama couldn't do it. You know, Nick Saban, George, is when he loses, it's it's really good athletic quarterback play. If you go mm. back and look at his losses through through the, through the Clemson, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. uh, Ohio Manziel. State kid, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Manziel, Mm-hmm. It's always, and that's what Hendon Hooker did. I mean, when he didn't have somebody open him, he got him with his legs, and and he still hasn't really figured that out, in my opinion. He could very well play this team again, and I would bet you, because he is a very good adjuster, and I'm sitting here getting on him. I've I've been out coached many times in games myself. He'll learn from that game. If they play Tennessee again, I don't know if they beat them. But you won't see the same looks. I'll but he's going to bring pressure. I mean, he's going to bring pressure. Yeah, he's going to bring pressure and, this time. And they very well yeah. could play them again yeah. because I'm going to tell you, if they get by Kentucky, that one scares me. But if Tennessee gets by Kentucky, I don't know if Georgia can outscore them, guys. Here we go. I don't know if Georgia's offense is good don't enough to outscore that. them now. I'm hey, telling you. Watson, don't do that to me. <laughs> look, how, look how tired I, I mean seriously look at me. I'm just I'm just think about it both of you I mean nobody yet has stopped the Tennessee offense they, and I don't know if Georgia can keep up Alabama could because of one guy and I said that all week I said Alabama can score well and but I don't know if Georgia can do that fellas well, I'm not sure they didn't play the tougher opponent of the two Georgia has now they got to go to Athens. Yeah, and Georgia has a real good secondary. I mean, that's they're, one thing. They're much you know? better, but so you, you give them that much yeah. time now. You give them that much time well, to throw. Uh, that was crazy. the difference. I mean, he was just his jersey was clean, and Bryce Young's wasn't. And t- don't tell me Bryce Young ain't tougher nails. Got a separated <laughs> shoulder <laughs> and gets hit like he got hit in that game, and he never flinched. He never crazy. flinched in the ball game. So the we kid's had, unbelievable to me. 
we had Jason Simpson on the show today, who's the head coach at uh, Tennessee Martin, who were in here this week. Now, Jason was in the stands last weekend watching the game because they're off, and his son is a quarterback at Alabama. Now, he's a freshman. He, he signed and had, was a highly recruited young man. So Jason tells me he, on the air today, he said, here's the backstory on, on this Alabama quarterback. He didn't throw a ball in practice for two weeks. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, he didn't throw a ball in practice for two weeks, and he looks like that? I mean, good night. As long as you guys take the cap to people, you know. But you're right, Watson. I don't see if Tennessee rolls that thing out there and gets on track against Georgia and does that deal where they get like a quick 17-point spurt, what's Georgia going to do? Well, they're, they're, 17 won't do it, but that nobody's going to hold Tennessee. If they stay healthy, nobody's going to hold Tennessee in, in, under 30. It's no, going to be like in a, the 30s. Yeah, I mean like and I just don't know if Georgia yeah. can score in the 30s in the big game. So I know we're getting ahead of it. And don't forget the big blue. I'm telling you. They're scary. That team, and it's going. they're going to catch Tennessee right. They're still patting themselves yep. on the chest. Yep. They showed me something Saturday night now in that win against Mississippi State. That is those. That's a tough-minded bunch of kids. And they played the pass really well. Really well Saturday night. They they made that Mississippi State offense look just meek as lambs, and mm-hmm. and so that one maybe scares me as much as the Georgia game does. Hey Tony, let me ask you this: uh, e- even even in our business, we do go to commercial breaks every once in a while. Can I ask you two questions after the break? Be glad to. You got time to do it? Be an honor, man. I'll hang out with you, sure. Tony Basilio sticks around for a few more minutes. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier your skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. 
Durad Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Down a backwoods Tennessee byway, one arm on the wheel, holding my lover with the other, a sweet, soft southern thrill. We are back. Ask Tony Basilio to stick around for a couple of more questions before we call this a night. Tony, I'm old enough, and you are too, to remember the run in 98 that resulted in the 99 national title. I remember the night they won it all. The Preds had played a 5 o'clock game, and I did one of your marathon postgame shows afterwards. You know, I also remember Clint Sterner with the fumble uh, that helped Tennessee against Arkansas. I guess what I'm getting at, does this have for you a similar – magic carpet ride feel to it? I mean, I'm trying so hard to stay away from that and um, just take this thing and enjoy it for what it is. Cause I don't want to throw undue, uh, undue weight on that coaching staff and those kids who have really accomplished a lot. I mean, this is the first team here that's won four top 25 games since 2001 a long time um and they've really done a lot i mean they, they had an eight eight win win total they're sitting there at six and oh but eight was the the vegas win total but to be honest with you one of the other teams in 98 that was undefeated through the whole season was ucla another team that was pretty good that year was was uh syracuse and they're undefeated i mean it's weird what is UCLA doing unbeaten right now? Would somebody please tell me this? You know what they're doing? They've got an offense. They've got an offense that challenges everybody and, and puts all kinds of stress on defenses with a veteran quarterback. Same thing Tennessee's doing. And that's what they're doing. And that's the game right now. I mean, UCLA's undefeated. 
Like they play Oregon this week. If they win, George, I'm going to start to think this is 98. We're like in a time warp or something. Yeah. It's really it's strange. Eerie. It's it really eerie. strange. Yeah, it is really weird. Yeah, it so really is. We know Hooker is going to get invited to New York when this is all over. Whether Tennessee is in the playoffs or whatever, there's going to yeah. be this this celebration at the end for him. Uh, do you think it's now? I asked Watson this. Do you think it's down to him, Bryce Young, and Stroud? Probably. And the Stroud guy. I mean, I hate to say this, but when they play offense, it looks like they're playing a different game. Now they're about to get tested. Obviously, Michigan, Penn State coming up on their schedule. You know, the thing I wonder about those three guys, and I don't know any any other way to say this than just to say it is. Is it the same sport in the Big Ten that it is in the Southeastern Conference? I mean, the Big Ten top-end teams are pretty good. We know that. But week in and week out, week in and week out, where you really get more tested? Who gets more tested? How do you compare? I mean, those two leagues. I, I don't know. I'm asking for a friend here. Because Step really, in, those Watson. are the two leagues that the TV networks are going to line up behind for years to come. I I think Ohio State, even though they don't have to all the time, Tony, I think they can open it up and do what all the good offenses can do. So don't count them out. And I think Michigan is the toughest, most physical football team in the country. And uh, so I think that's two really good teams. I think they're deserving to be where both of those two are. And I think Ohio State can play with anybody. I'm not sure Michigan throws it well enough to hang on. But, man, are they physical. I mean, they just pummeled Penn State. Pummeled. They beat the fool out of them. Yes. And just old-timey knock you down, get up, yep. and you want it again. And Penn yep. State kind of waved that old white flag, yeah, they man. They, they did. So, I think those two teams are pretty daggum good. Tony, not that I think you need it right now, but if a person has watched this – and they really want to join in on the fun that you're having up there. Mm-hmm. How do they do it? Well, I just want to say, um, I usually don't look like this, and I, I usually am a lot more fun when I'm coherent and have had rest. <laughs> what, what do you mean? So, look but like if you this? still, if your if your curiosity is still piqued by my horrendous performance on here um, today, as I put my hand on my head, um, tclub.team is our website. And I am generally, I do make more sense, and I'm generally more coherent than this. We, we've had a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, um, it has just been, it's amazing to see the power of sport to unify people. You know, somebody said um, something on, on my show yesterday that bears repeating, I think, which is this. You know, three things really bring people together. And he says one of them's God, which I believe. Another one's tragedy. And the third thing we have in life is sports that we commune around. And I, I think that's true. I think you saw that. Those pictures that you showed when you when you led into me being on here tonight. Put them back up, Billy. Where in sports? I mean, where in, in life? Where in life do you get opportunities like that? Look at that. I don't care who you cheer for. I don't care if you're an Alabama fan. Hey, I had a couple of Alabama fans email me that were in that stadium the other night, and they said, looking down on that field, as 
as human beings, they said, that was a beautiful thing to say. Just a beautiful thing to say. Hey, Tony, a long bef- time here. before I let you go, yeah, I love the fact that in the heart of all this, you're doing what you're doing for charity. Get back with me. If there's something I can do, whether it's my Titans tickets or my Preds tickets for a game uh, to help you, yeah. let me know. I'm serious because okay, I yeah. think it's yeah. one of the responsibilities we have with this platform. I said this the night I got in the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame. There are too many companies not doing this anymore. I love the fact that you care enough to do it. I care enough to do it. That's right. You let me know. Well, I, let me I know mean, if I can help you. Thank you, George, because I really do believe God's put me here for you know for a reason, and and I'd hate to think at the end of it that all we do is enrich ourselves. And and radio stations, as we've gone along, have turned into banks. They used to be community entities. Yeah. And they've turned into banks along the way. And not that there's anything wrong with the banking industry, but I mean banks are banks are necessary. Radios used radio stations used to be connected to communities and now they're owned by major corporations. And that's one of the things I love about being independent because when somebody comes to me and they have a need and I see that it's a worthwhile need and I feel like I need to get involved, I jump in with both feet. And this mentoring program with what's going on in our country right now with the violence and the issues we have. When you find and you take children under wing and show them a different way while they have one or both parents incarcerated, there have been kids that have come out of that program that are now mentoring other kids. Now, that's a beautiful thing right there. You think about that for a second. Kids that came into that thing at the age of five or six that are now 19, 20, 21. And I've met them a couple. uh, The last time we did the tailgate, two kids that I walked up to, I call everybody a kid, but they were in their late teens, early 20s. And they said, I came through this program and I'm now mentoring. I'm now mentoring. I'm giving back. I'm pulling somebody else up with me. It's a beautiful thing. That is what it's all about. Let's talk tomorrow. Thank you, George. Yes, sir. Tony, thanks as always. Hey, thank my best to you guys. Same here, man. He terrific stuff today. Hey, Watson. I know that we had some things planned to start the five o'clock hour, but I got something different. I want you to put on your coaching shoes when we come back and just kind of, kind of go with me on this. Okay. 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 I'm with you, babe. We'll go to the break. This is main street media television. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 subspecialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. 
This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bar Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Stat of the Day, powered by John English Antique Sports and Cards, as well as Eric Berner over at Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can find John English over in Shelbyville. They are open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. They've got historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and other sport-related items. Visit their website. That's johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit their website at rockcastlewealth.com for more information. All right, let's get into the stat of the day for today. Let's see what we've got here. We've got the 1989-1990 NBA Eastern Conference All-Star Team is the only NBA All-Star team to be comprised of 100% of Hall of Famers. How many of them can you name? 1989-1990. Are you frigging kidding me? <laughs> Welcome to the NBA season. Okay. Um, yeah, it starts tonight, by the way, with a couple of games. Um, okay, so Jordan is one of them. Just say yay or nay. Yay. Thank you. 
Shocker. Yeah, he's one of them. Uh, Watson, this would be around the time of the dream team uh, that C.M. Newton was right in the middle of picking. So, John Stock. Oh, wait a minute. Eastern Conference. Oh, not Stockton. Yep. No. I okay. Jordan is one of them. Yes. Okay. Well, that'd be a good place to stop. Well, Larry Bird would be one, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Would Larry still playing then? You got that right, Watson. Yep. Two of 12. Um, Who was Michael Jordan? You got a name 12? Scotty Pippen. That's three. Okay. Would uh, would Kevin McHale be on there? Yes, he would. Four of 12. Okay, four of 12. Michael, uh, Michael says here eight of 12 or better is a success. Well, you know what? Then let Michael come sit here and try this. Well, uh, uh, well who were all the good players? Okay, well, let's think about who was in the East. The Celtics and the Pistons. The Pistons were real good, so who's okay. off of that team? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Bingo. Um, let's see. They had Dumars. They had Dumars is one. Dumars is one of them. That's six. Um, um, I just read the deal on Bill. What Bill Walton said about Robert Parrish. I bet you he's one of them. Bingo. The Chief. That's seven. You see what Walton said? No. Was well, the MVP of all those teams in his personal opinion? Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's he mm. said that. That's some pretty high stuff. Um, oh. We didn't get all the Pistons. Who else was on the Piston team? Those Joe Piston Dumars team. was part of it. Uh, well, was he one of them? Uh, Sally was on it. Uh, Lambeer. Um, Wasn't Rodman on that? Rodman was Bingo. on there. That's eight. Let's let's stop there. Let's just re- release them. <laughs> okay. Here, here are the, So you, you're missing four of them. The ones you missed... Reggie Miller. Oh, gosh. You missed Reggie Dominique. Miller. Dominique. Should have had Dominique. Dominique. Yeah. Charles, Barkley. Charles Barkley. Yeah. So, Miller, Barkley, Wilkins. Who's the other guy? I got does? stuck on Allen Iverson, but he wasn't until the mid-90s. So. So, you all okay. got. Okay. We could do that's, worse. That's a success, Michael says. Okay. Well. There'll never be another run like that, guys. Ooh. No, but my you know, gracious! Look at those names. <laughs> Michael needs to get his butt here, okay, and try this. I'll 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 call him tonight. And see you if let he... him know that. <laughs> so okay, we're in the five o'clock hour. Go. We are into the five. That's getting easier for you, George. Huh? Yeah, isn't it though? Better transitions. Middle Tennessee Bone & Joint is the sponsor of the 5 o'clock hour. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere. Whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement, MTBJ has the staff, training, and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Visit them on the web at mtbj.net for more information. Watson, I want you to put your coaching hat on on something that you and Tony were getting into about Josh Heupel's offense and and the fact that, I don't know if revolutionize is necessarily the word, but they're doing some different things. One of those things is they're they're taking those wide receivers who normally would line up, let's say, close to the numbers. Yeah, they're outside the numbers. 
they are almost touching the sideline, which is creating all this extra room. That, to me, is one of the things they're doing that I don't see a lot of other teams doing. Talk to me about what that does. Well, it, it if you're going to do it, they use it in their normal down and distance offense, George. When it comes to third and long, you don't see them doing that. And the reason they do that, they want to be able to make you decide, am I going to walk out here with these guys all the way out there and just leave six guys or less in the box? Or am I going to put you out there and, and bring more in, but it's easy to see. And so it's, it's Tennessee, in my opinion, calls a run and a pass on every play. And the quarterback decides it's the quarterback, not the coach from the boundary, because I watch him close. He doesn't look to the boundary. Quarterback is making all the decisions, and he raises up and throws it out there to whatever they got called, or he runs the running play that they got called. And uh, that's why they're so tough on early downs. Now, when they get to third and long, they look like everybody else. They don't use those massive splits. They've got, they got the two wide guys are wide, but the two inside guys sometimes are more back into the middle of the field. And, but it's very hard to defend. Number one, you don't see it very often. And number two, it cuts out a lot of different coverages that you like to run. And number three, you can't disguise. You pretty much got a lot of, you remember when they were, everybody was saying LSU's a great disguise team. And I said that week ain't happening this week. And it didn't LSU could not disguise their coverages. I've been saying all along, George, to me, it's what I always like the philosophy. I always wanted to use make the defense think. I was always at places I didn't have as good a player. So I said, let's do things that their normal defense won't let them line up and play. So I said, we're going to run the wishbone and we're going to be spread out no backs all over the field. Both of those two formations, you play differently. You can't play in a base defense. That's exactly to me in a different way what. Josh Heupel is doing, he's got these massive splits that's not normal, and normal defenses can't – they can't play with their normal defenses. So they're getting less looks. They're getting no disguise. And they're getting simpler coverages. And right now, in my personal opinion, nobody's been able to figure it out. They cannot stop it. They can – they're not unsound to it, but they can't stop it. So what you're saying is that they're getting the advantage that a Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson might have gotten for a exactly. team that only had a week to prepare Absolutely. when that's the only time all year they see triple option. You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. And that's why I always tried to be – you've watched the offenses I've had. We run triple option stuff or we spread you out all of the field and throw it. And the, the reasons for that was – Try to get you simpler. Cut down what you can call. Don't you can't disguise in those looks, and you and you you don't get long to prepare for it. And I think Tennessee is doing that. What I said earlier, Tony says, "Well, why aren't more people doing it?" Because it's an offense in itself. Tennessee has developed. Coach Heupel has developed this through years now, mostly from you know. Either he got let go or whatever at Oklahoma. And and the, the, he and Stoops parted ways at the University of Oklahoma many years back, George. He goes to Missouri as the offensive coordinator from Oklahoma. 
Then he gets the head job at Central Florida. And I think in that length of time through Missouri, Central Florida, he's developed this system that he's got. And, and I think it's going to be around, but you have to stay within the chains to be any good with it. If they get behind the chains, they're like everybody else. But I really believe when the Tennessee co- coach calls a play on the sidelines, he don't know if it's going to be thrown or it's going to be run. And I would bet you 90% of their normal down and distance calls, the coach don't know what's going to happen till the quarterback does it. Okay, let's speculate for a minute here. Here's Kirby Smart. He doesn't play Tennessee for three more weeks. Okay, he's not an idiot. He knows that there are problems coming. Mm -hmm. So is he basically right now assigning a couple of coaches and saying, look, our national title hopes hinge on this. We have got to spend way more time on these people. Screw Vandy, screw whoever in between. We've got to spend way more time and figure out how are we going to play these people? Because See, if you George, wait until that Sunday, it's too late. I think their normal coaches are not doing that. I think these analysts, they're all hiring. I think that's what these guys, these these former head coaches, they put them on these certain games and have them really break them down with GA help and all the different ways and throw out different opinions as it goes. And the staff, the true nine coaches that are coaching the positions, don't have to do that. Georgia spent a ton of time on Tennessee in the offseason because Tennessee moved the ball well in Knoxville against them last year. They didn't win the game, but they moved the ball well. And I promise you it got Coach Smart's attention. And and was Georgia knows, I promise you, they've already got the Alabama right. game. They've okay. already got it because they're wanting to say, woo, they're doing two things with that tape. They're trying to see how we're going to stop Tennessee, but how did Tennessee beat Alabama? So he's looking at it in both ways because he's going to catch one of them or both of them, depending on if he beats Tennessee in the game. This is why these staffs now have got 20 people on them or 25, 30 people instead of nine like it was when I was head coach at Vanderbilt. It's a different world now. Okay, stop there, though. What you're really telling me is that if if this is what this nobody has more analysts than Alabama. They all got them. And yeah, but no weird. nobody's got more than Alabama. I don't know. I bet you Georgia's got the numbers Alabama's got. Really? Uh, well, okay. I bet but you my, Tennessee's got maybe they don't have the high profile analyst. Okay, but my point is you're almost saying that the plan that the analyst shared with Nick was a layback, don't be aggressive, let them make the mistake, and it didn't work. Yeah, that's on the head coach. I, I've I've been out coached many, many times in my time. I've gotten on planes and come home and said, man, I, if I had this to do it again, I wouldn't do it the same way. Uh, but Tennessee outcoached him, and that's on that's on the Alabama head coach in, in the game. He he's knows, he knew when as soon as the game was over that we did some things we can't do again. And uh, that's football. That's the way it works. When it's two equal teams, then I think coaching matters more. And and uh, Coach Hopple got him. And the reason I think he did 
was number one, they were in the lead the whole game till right at the end. And, and, and number two, uh, it, they were the underdogs. So they were the more aggressor and Alabama has won a lot of games by not having to be. And I'll just bet you if they play again, it will, you won't, it won't look like the same defense. I'm not saying they'll still beat Tennessee because I think Tennessee may have the better team. They may have the better team overall. I know they got better skill. The quarterbacks are pretty equal, even though I don't ever put him in front of Bryce Young anymore. Uh, but the receiver running backs are very good at Tennessee. And um, the offensive line for Tennessee did a better job on the Alabama pass rush than anybody has all year long. Think back about Arkansas when Alabama went there and how Jefferson got knocked down. Think about the AM game when that poor kid couldn't. And, and they come to Tennessee and they can't get there. And uh, so it's it's amazing to me uh, the, that uh, what Tennessee is doing is different. Is it unique? People have spread you out like this before, but I don't think people have ever had a full package of this spread out like Tennessee does. And now that'll cut a lot of brass routes you can't run, George. You can't run a lot of crossing routes with those big old splits. But you can sure look at all the space in there when they run those slants or those inside curls. And then they run in those hooks and takeoffs on the outside. Or, and they're sitting there stacked a lot. That means they can't bump. They can't press both of them. They can only press one of them. That's why they do that. They do that so that second guy can get free, and that is to beat man coverage. So he's got a theory on all the looks in his mind, I think, and and he just adjusts as he goes, and he knows what he's going to do as soon as he sees what they're doing. It's a full package that's going to be copied. It will be copied in college football. And the crazy thing, Watson, about it, Tennessee hasn't had Cedric Tillman really for all these big games. And oh, but they've got plenty of them, man. Right. Yeah, but it, McCoy, that, they, that, they're so deep at wide receiver, Billy. I don't, I don't think anybody in the SEC is anywhere close to the depth of wide receiver that Tennessee has. The and the running back the depth. Their, their, skill, their skill depth is really, really good. Now, we're, we're saying this is kind of – way out of our thought process and Tennessee's playing over their heads. I'm not sure they are. Their offense is that good. Do you, their offense is that good. Now their defense is still the piece that they got to do everything they can to try to get a stop. I mean, 50, 52 to 49, the defense didn't get a bunch of stops, uh, but the defense is getting a little better and, and the coaches have trained them. I think to hang in there. Don't get flustered. Well, it's going to be moved on us. Let's get a couple of stops and let's be proud when we get those. And I think they're learning to play to the, to, to that a little bit. And it or remi- in my world, Billy, there will be turbulence on the flight. Yeah. <laughs> but it, George, it, it reminds me, it reminds me of LSU, Joe Brady with, with Joe Burrow. When you have that, that good of an offensive mind, and I'm sure you've seen it before when you get a really good quarterback, Watson, how happy did that make you? And, and, that's what I. That's what it reminds me of. Brady oh. and Burrow with Heupel and Hooker, and they've got all these receivers. I mean, do you compare it any to that 2019 LSU team? Oh yeah, yeah, you can. The skill level, you can. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And the quarterback play, him and Hooker right now. I don't know that anybody is playing any better than he is in the country but it's a little simpler for him than some of these other quarterbacks. It was a simpler game for Hendon Saturday than it was Bryce Young. 
That's why I keep talking about Bryce Young. Bryce Young had to make a lot of plays, and they weren't near as simple of plays as a lot of the plays. And I'm not taking away from Hendon Hooker's throws. The kid, I think, is the best deep ball fade route thrower in the country. The one thing that happens a little bit to Tennessee, when that outside split guy is all the way to the boundary, when you throw those fade routes, guys, you want six yards is what you always teach. Well, they don't get six yards because of their splits. So that quarterback has to be very accurate to lay it within three yards of the boundary. And, and Hendon Hooker it does it as well as anybody in the country right now. That last touchdown throw to Hyatt. Oh, my God. That, that was, was a rope. absolute dart. I mean, just the kids making the plays, man. He's he making sure them. Is. And how about that now? The kid catches six balls, only six, five for touchdowns. It's pretty he didn't catch ratio. 11 and five for touchdowns. Yeah. He caught six balls pretty good ratio. and five of them for touchdowns. I mean, it's – And it's the thing about Hooker, he makes it look easy just like Joe Burrow did with how smooth he is back there. It's like he, it's like he's not even trying back there. That's well, how you that's know that, he's that that's good. That's that confidence and poise and ability. Uh, he, If you watch him, his head is so still when he throws those deep balls and and I've always taught your eyes, if you your eyes will stay focused and not get nervous with pass rushing on, if your eyes will stay focused on where you're throwing it and don't leave your target, the ball goes right where your eyes go. Watch his head. His head is still as I don't care if there's people on him or not. Man, is he he is focused on the throw. And I do think he's the best fade route thrower in college football right now. And he fakes so well, too. I mean, every well, that's the offense. It's built in. He not he's the one that he's the receivers don't know if he's going to throw it out there to them or not. Right. The linemen don't know. I don't think. Now I used to kind of do a little hint to my linemen if I was going to throw it on a running play, but I don't see any. I think the linemen are coming off the ball, so nobody knows but the quarterback and maybe the tailback on exactly where the ball's going. Now he may be given some kind of eye look and say, "Here it comes," or. You'd have we'd all have to study that closer. It's hard to tell that on television. After the break, we'll hear from Titans coach Mike Vrabel. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com.
at WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. We pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome, used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Oh, by the way, pretty important NFL game this Sunday. The Indianapolis Colts, who appear to have finally figured some things out with Matt Ryan, come in to play the Titans. That's a noon game over at Nissan Stadium. Uh, Earlier, Titans coach Mike Vrabel uh, with these words of wisdom. Teresa. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. How helpful has this week off been for your team, especially when you come back and, you know, you now have a division opponent coming in on Sunday? Well, I mean, we'll see. I think we, you know, we've had a couple of days off. Hopefully guys feel better. Hopefully guys feel healthier and we're ready to work and get something done. What is, what is today? Is it just practice? Is it a no, it's practice. 
it's practice. You know, we have to get better. There's you know, only so much time on a bye week uh, that you have. You know, CBA says they have Thursday to Sunday off. So we worked on Wednesday. We practiced Wednesday. Uh, and we'll practice today. What didn't work with Josh, Mike, as, as a project that you brought in, hoping to get something at receiver? Uh, just just gave me an opportunity and you know, didn't, didn't see enough there and went with another player. The Colts, uh, they look any different than when you saw them? Yeah, a few more passes. Yeah. You know I mean? It's, uh, you know, they give them a lot of credit. They never go away. You know, they scored, uh, they scored in the last uh, 30 seconds of all three wins, so never out of it. Um, you know, battle back against Houston. So, however the game goes, whether we're up or we're down, I mean, it's going to be um, something that we're going to have to focus on and be able to finish, you know, or have the ability to try to come back because they, they're, you know, they're they're going to battle and then they're not going anywhere. So, you know, give them a lot of credit. Mike, which was made of your response, I guess, to the officiating uh, committee. Was that report accurate? And if so, I guess why reply all to, to the message that you got there? Well, first I would say that, you know, obviously um, I wasn't I wasn't contacted by anybody that put the report out. Uh, that'd be the first thing I'd say. Uh, you know, the second thing is I just, uh, you know, it only goes to head coaches and general managers. You know, so apparently there's there's, you know, people there that want to uh, put things out to people for for a purpose. I don't I don't know. I never understood that. Uh, the reply all. I mean, you guys know me. I'm not hiding behind anything. I mean, I just we all get together. We meet. We sit in a ballroom. Apparently you got email now. It's reply all. It's like me standing up or any other coach or any general manager, or anybody that wanted to say something in a meeting, I felt the need to, to say it and address it. And it's important, you know, coaching and playing and officiating all make up our game players more so uh, than anybody. And, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on this in the off season and the only other job that's harder than playing is officiating. So just trying to, uh, Make make my point or say my piece. It's something you haven't said publicly previously, though. I mean, you said you said pretty much the same thing here in training camp. Uh, you you feel like you're not getting any traction in that regard? No, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what my my traction is. I I love working with the officials that that are uh, at our training camp uh, that come in. The conversations is amazing. Uh, situations, these guys working and talking with our players, watching tape, going through things. It's never going to be perfect. Neither is playing, neither is coaching. Uh, but you know, just striving for a level of consistency um, each and every week that, uh, you know, things that, that look like foul are foul and things that aren't aren't, you know, so that you're not seeing one thing on TV one week and seeing something different the other and say, well, what about, you know, it's like coaching or, you know, I mean, you can only, you, know, you want to try to be as consistent so that one, one kid says, well, they, so-and-so, well, Tyler did this and he didn't get, you know, in trouble. Well, Carter, you know what I mean? That's what happens. They just try to set a level of consistency 
uh, with the players so that they can understand that what they can legally do and what they can't. You know, I mean, if it's defensive pass interference because you're not playing the ball and there's contact, well, great. We all understand that. Voice that and kind of influence that with your role on the competition committee. Uh, my role on the competition committee is just to try to, you know, help with clarifications, things that we talked about in the off season, and uh, you know, say that you know, just try to be involved in the meetings and, and and say, you know, and try to come up with ideas that are going to help us. That's it. So let's focus on the Colts. And have you considered moving Dylan back to tackle in this? open time you've had, or are you guys just content with him at, at guard? Well, he's had to play guard. I mean, Nate, Nate, Nate was unavailable last game, and uh, he played guard last game, Corey, and, you know, we think that Dylan's got some versatility and some flexibility. Well, any chance that you guys get Racy back? Eventually or this week? No chance. Potentially. Any other practice windows in general opening this week that – but not that I'm aware of. You mentioned the limited time you get in the buy structure of the rules at this point. What's the balance there between maybe working on a few things of the self-scout you talked about last week and just taking a few extra hours of prep for the Colts? Uh, I think it's, it's a balance. You know, I think we try to you know, do some self-scout stuff on Wednesday. I think we'll do a combination of both of those things uh, today and then you know, work, work towards the, the Colts as we – Move on in a week. Potentially. Trying to find guys who need to play more and maybe some guys who need to play less. Is Chig with his matchup, the problems he can create in the passing game? Is he a guy? What does he need to do to be in there more often? I think it's a combination of just being able to function in, in his role and what we're asking him to do and you know, block and some of the other things that we ask the tight ends to do. And, you know, I think he's he's working hard. And, and, and again, I mentioned his ability to play on special teams. That's something that, you know, with a young guy that maybe didn't do a whole lot of it in college uh, has been really good. And, you know, the speed that he's trying to play with and you know, play on our punt team, play on our you know, kickoff coverage, kickoff return. You know, these are, you know, punt return. That's, um, you know, that's been good to see. Is Dennis, um, you're optimistic that Dennis can, can progress from where he's been or is left tackle a spot that you have to consider options? I think we have to consider a lot of options, you know, throughout the roster. Pretty significant announcement today with the mayor and uh, with Burke up here. For, from your perspective, how important is that for the growth, not only of the franchise, but also the city? Well, just happy for our organization, happy for – you know, Miss Amy, the fa- you know the entire family, the ownership group, our, our team, the city. You know, as our cities continue to grow and the success uh, that this this city has had, uh, you know, we want to try to be representative of that and you know, playing an amazing facility for our fans, um, for the events that it's going to hold, and, and and everything else. So, you know, that's 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 amazing that we can we can start to move forward with it. Talk to you at all about what's important to you at, at that type of facility? Mm, I don't think I've been involved in those conversations yet. I haven't gotten the uh, wish list. Grass as a surface versus or the first thing you get the hybrids now, just the safety factor of that. Um, I think that that would be something to check with the 
the Health and Safety Commission to see what the numbers are. I, I don't know what the numbers are, so I'm not going to speak and say that the percentages are this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they have them. I just haven't uh, looked at them. And we practice on grass. I know when we go inside, we practice on turf. I know when we go to Indianapolis, we play on turf. When we play at home, we play on grass. So I'm sure they'll look at a lot of different things. Like any other quarterback, when there's no pressure, they all look really comfortable and really good. And when there's pressure, sometimes they don't look so comfortable. When guys are screaming at you, like any other quarterback. Their O-line's had some issues. Hey, Watson. Wouldn't you consult your head coach ahead of time about about this stadium stuff? I imagine he's been consulted. I think what he was talking about was the the small pieces about locker room, what you'd want in it, and that's probably not anywhere close to thought out at this point, but I would think he's been consulted on it, yeah. Uh, to me, the turf, that's a big issue. Well, if it's people. indoors, it's going to be I, – I just think it'll be turf. Oh, I think it will be too. Yeah, and, and uh, all the events they're going to have on it, George, that yeah. they're going to – by getting this indoor facility, they're, they're promising to have all these events. It won't just be a football stadium, so I don't think there's any doubt it'll be turf. I'd be shocked if it's – I don't either, but we do now have the technology. Look at what goes on at Arizona where they do have a dome and they play on grass. Yeah, they do, but that's what I said. I don't know that tenant we can do that because I think part of building this is bringing an awful lot of events in here. It's a whole lot easier when you're bringing events to have a turf over trying to keep grass in good shape to me. So that's why I think it will be be turf. Watson, this is a big game coming up with the Colts. They seem to have gotten their act together a little bit, and it's about time they needed to. Seems to me it's a three-team horse race because I think Jacksonville is getting better. I'm not sure they know how to win at times when they need to close the deal, but I still think the Titans have the upper hand on both mentally. What do you think? I think they got the better team. As long as they keep doing the things they do best, I don't. I, I think the Titans are the best of the three teams. The Colts, to me, they they were down the whole game Saturday. Mike's right. They hang around. Yeah. They, they don't give up. In all their games, they seem to always make a run. They may not win them, but they make a run at the end. And I think right now they're doing the thing that I think hurts us the worst. I just come in here and all out throw it. That's what they did Saturday. They threw more passes. I think he hit the 60s, didn't he? I mean, they threw a ton. They didn't run the ball at all. His arm about fell off. Yeah, I mean, and if I'm playing the Titans, I throw it. Yeah. I mean, I I throw it and set up the run instead of running it to set up the throw. Because until the Titans pass rush gets anything close to what it was a year ago to mask a secondary that can't cover anybody, why wouldn't you just throw I, it? I would. After after we've been watching ourselves play now for five weeks, I'd throw it. I just don't think we're we can defend the pass. And if they can hold us out, 
and to keep him off the quarterback. And what did Mike talk about? Rushing the passer. So I, I would think the Titans are – they got a feel that the Colts are going to spread them out and let it go. Uh, so they're going to have to get to the guy. And he doesn't move around well, so we expect pressure Sunday. Okay, we'll go to the break. Plaster bet of the day is next. And let me tell you up front, I'm a little bitter at the Chargers. What was that about? Offensively. Ugh. It's like Denver oh, brought them down to their level. They did, they did win, George, but they didn't hit the forward. Oh, no. the and, and, and you <laughs> never at any point felt like they would. We'll review. I, I didn't watch it a lot. It was awful. You, did, you missed nothing. <laughs> it was we'll, boring. We'll review this bitterness next. This is Main Street Media Television. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 sub-specialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. The high school football season is here, and nobody handles Friday nights better than Main Street Media. Here's Zach Womble with details. That's the name of the game here at Main Street Media and Main Street Preps. Is, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now, and I think you hit on it. We've got an army of reporters across all of Middle Tennessee. I think there's about 130 schools in the Middle Tennessee area, and we cover we try to cover all of them. We cover about 11, 12 counties at this point. And uh, yeah, those those Friday night shows, it's you know we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show that off. We're gonna showcase the talent that we have on the field with with reporters across several mid state games on the weekly basis. So you know whether you're in Williamson County, whether you're in Giles County or Murray County or Montgomery or Robertson or anywhere in between, we're gonna have you covered from six to eleven. Friday Night Live is presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office where fans don't let fans drive drunk. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. 
We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. It's not time for Watson's Titans analysis quite yet. We'll, we'll get that soon. But we do have Plaster's Bet of the Day, powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. They have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to Bart Durham. Dot com. All right, George, let's take a look at some of your results from uh, last night, the one game let's, uh, results. Let's don't. <laughs> George, you are back. I will say you're not uh, – I mean, you're, it's not like you're falling apart by any means right now. You're no, still, you're, this, this is not good enough. You're still 49 and 56, but what happened last night? Well, Denver right now is a really good defensive team with very little offense. The Russell Wilson part – is a little bit mystifying, but they pretty much throttled uh, Justin Herbert in that offense, and most of it was a lot of Gerber's baby food, five, six yards. Dink and dunk. Dink and, they didn't get the ball downfield at all, and they ended up winning, as Watson said. They did win. They were fortunate to win in overtime 19-16. Watson, Watson, Watson's the luckiest. He didn't get. He didn't have to sit through and watch that. <laughs> you know that's a good point, Watson. That was a good call on your end. Yeah, I just felt that one. I flipped back and forth every once in a while, but no, I didn't watch that one. What What did they? Was there something on the History Channel? The history uh, whatever of Babylonia? Brenda or... Whatever Brenda was watching, I was watching with her. Were you watching a rerun? Who was the guy we were talking about before the show? <laughs> What's his name? Oh, Jay Jay Hart, you didn't remember what we watched? Let me tell you something. I don't know, but it was it's obvious that it must have been better than the ball game. So hey, they put that on rerun. I'll be watching. There's nothing better than JR and Sue Ellen and Cliff Barnes. <laughs> so I'm bitter about last night. Watson, at no point did it ever feel like San Diego would cover. San Diego, the Chargers. Sorry. 
San Diego no. tonight. You're betting against them tonight. No, I'm right. I am. Your your bet was kind of over long before it was over. <laughs> you yeah, can tell they were they were not going to score points. No. So this is unusual for me. I'm going Philly on the road as an underdog. I don't know what it is, but I think Philly may well be the Braves of a year ago. Got hot at the right time. Probably not the best team out there, but the hottest team. And this kid, Zach Wheeler, who grew up in Atlanta, grew up a Braves fan, has been lights out. And he was lights out for five innings of game two. I have a feeling he'll be lights out tonight. You Darvish is good. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Phillies are going to win tonight. I'm going with them. You said they're at home? No, they're they're in San Diego. Oh, they're at San Diego. They're in San Diego. Watson, this is a gamble. It's a gamble. Because I was impressed with the Padres in that last series. Man, oh, they're... Yeah. Their pitching down the stretch is unbelievable. Their their three relievers from seventh in and on are unbelievable. They are really good. Here's here's the other thing I think, and I could be dead wrong about this. San Diego just won their World Series. Beating the Dodgers is what they live for in that city. They hate the Dodgers. The fan base really got got into it over the weekend because most of the time during the regular season, L.A. has more fans in San Diego than the Padres do. I kind of wonder if San Diego will be able to get back off the mat quick enough because if they're not, Philly will get them. Well, we'll know tonight. This will be a good start to see where they are. Yeah, we will. Uh, by the way, if you're watching this live, Yankees lead at home five to one over Cleveland in the bottom of the seventh. They've gotten homers from Aaron Judge and a three-run bomb from John Carlos Stanton. It looks like they're going to play the Astros starting tomorrow in Houston in the American League uh, Championship Series. Tomorrow on the show, Vanderbilt football coach Clark Lee will be with us. Watson, you and I are going to rank the 14 SEC teams, top to bottom, and sort of decide at the midway mark who's going to a bowl and who isn't. Oh, we'll have fun with that. And, yeah. and are the Vols at number one? We could we could uh, be finding that out tomorrow. It'll be Watson's decision. So Watson, oh, Watson oh, made, I'm going to okay. pass the buck, George. <laughs> Absolutely. So he gets to make the final call. Absolutely. No, I mean, way to pass the buck, but first of all, he's the uh, you know he's the preeminent expert on the show. Yeah, buddy. And hell, he's also the oldest. Yeah, that's uh, one out of two ain't bad. Hey, <laughs> see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, guys. Billy, behave until then. I'll try to go, Preds. This needs to this needs to show up tonight. Show your gold. Sorta, yeah. We need a win. This is Main Street Media Television.